Glory to God. Amen. I'd like to welcome everyone this morning to Spirit and Life International Ministry, where we're building believers according to their true identity and purpose in Christ. We'd like to welcome everyone that is joining us this morning by our podcast, by way of our website, amen, www.slim.church. We welcome all of you this morning, amen, glory to God. We will continue on this morning on the subject that God has been laying on my heart heavily. On destroying ignorance. We've been in this subject now for about, what about, two and a half months at the most? About two and a half months. And it's been blessing the body of Christ. And it's been blessing this house. Amen. Because God has put it in my heart, in the vision for this ministry, to be a Bible teaching ministry. And one thing, if you're teaching the word, amen, glory to God, is that. You have to hatch out, or should I say get rid of, amen, or or, or, or destroy what tradition and religion has done to the mind of God's people. Amen. Amen. We got to hatch it out. But my subtitle today is Thinking Like the New Creation. Thinking Like the New Creation. Thinking like the new creation. Amen. I'm having trouble here with my. Do me a favor, Pastor Banks. Go run in my office and, and get the uh, the Amplified King James Bible. It's on my desk. Amen. Thinking like the new creation. Amen. I'm going to make a statement right now. A bold statement. Amen. The mindset of the new creation or the new man must derive from the source from which it came. (coughs) Amen. I like it when it's quiet. The mindset of the new creation or the new man must derive from the source of which it came. No other mindset has the legal authority to identify, to lead, or develop the new man or the new creation. Amen. How many of us in here know that we are believers? Amen. How many of us in here know that we are believers? Amen. Got two or three more. I'm glad you're in the right place. Amen. That's it. Amen. Thank you. How many of you actually again know that we're believers? Amen. Glory to God. This is the thing. When you know that you are a believer, you are not what you used to be before you became a believer. Amen. You're no longer that. Now we're going to turn to the resource scripture. I call it the resource scripture. Because the actual source scripture is Genesis 1, 26 through 27. But this is the resource scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Amen. Been a minute since I talked from the pages, but I'm good with my hands. God leading this morning. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 
and 17. This is our resource scripture. We understand in our original source where God created us in his identity and after his likeness. Amen. But 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is our resource scripture once we come to Christ as a believer. Amen. Can I teach you this morning? Can I have a little time with you this morning? Amen. Can I have a little time with you this morning? Can I teach your spirit this morning? I promise what God put in my heart for you will make a difference in you. Amen. This is not about me. Amen. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If everybody there, let me hear you say, I got it, Pastor. I got it. Amen. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 18, it says, and all things are of God. We're going to stop right there. Now, my statement was, the mindset of the new creation must derive from the source from which it came. Amen. Now, it says in the scripture, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have been passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I don't know about you, but new means new. Never been uh, dealt with before. Never been seen before. Never been handled before. Brand new, fresh off the showroom floor. Amen. Amen. No model. So when you become a believer, God takes you, the old you, and gets rid of that. And gets you fresh off the showroom floor of heaven with no miles on you. Amen. Amen. But it says, behold, all things become new. And then it says, all things are of God. So everything this new man is, is from God and is of God. It's consistent of God. It's everything that God is. See, this is what God knew. God knew I had to provide a redemption through salvation in order to get man's nature back into the the condition and standard I created him in. God created man in Genesis 1 and 26 through 27 in his image and after his likeness. Man was created in the nature, the design, the condition, and the standard of everything God was. And God took the man he created like him Formed a physical body for that man from the dirt of the ground in Genesis 2 and 7. He took the man that was always cre- already created, put him in a dirt physical body, then blew the breath of life in the nostril. That man was activated and manifested into a living soul. Now the spirit man he created now is the physical representation of him in the earth. Amen. Amen. But this man was disobedient and listened to what his serpent told his wife. He bit of the fruit that God told him not to eat and that man's nature completely changed. That man was no longer the nature God created for him. He became subjected to the nature of the body that was formed for him. 
man nature changed from a godly nature into a sinful worldly nature. Now God said I got to do something about that. Because I cannot leave man in that condition because that's not the way I created him to be. I can't relate with him in an intimate relationship with him because I am God who is holy. I can't have a relationship with man who is simple. The two can't coexist. Can I teach you? Amen. So God provided a redemption through salvation in order to change man's nature back to the way he desired him to be in the beginning. So when God gets to this resource scripture and says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. That word new creation comes from the Greek word kathesis, which means original creation. See, it's new to us because we never experienced it until Christ died. But it's new to us, but it's the same thing God created us to be in the beginning. That's why in the Greek it is, is the original creation. So what God is saying, if any man be in Christ, he is the same thing I created him to be in Genesis 1 and 26. Amen. I got him back in the nature I designed him. So God moves on. Amen. He says, now this new man... All things are of God, who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what God done for us through Christ, getting us back to himself, we ought to take that same thing and do for others in getting them to Jesus. A ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Verse 20. It says, now then we are ambassadors. For Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ there be ye reconciled. So when we go and reconcile people back to God, it's just like God is talking to them through us. Amen. We are his ambassadors. We, we spoke about that last week. Amen. But, 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 but this is the thing. We have been made new. See, when we've been made new, that means our old identity no longer exists. Our life of sin no longer exists. The power of Satan over our life no longer exists. The religious works of trying to please God by our own strength no longer exists. Nor does our old relationship with the world no longer exist. Look at your neighbor say, I'm brand new, baby. I'm brand new, baby. Say, I'm brand new, baby. Amen. God has, has gave you a whole new sleep. There ain't no miles on you. You still got the new car smell on you. Amen. Amen. The seats, your pants still sticking to the seats when you get in yourself. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. When you get out the car and the music on, you can't even tell if it's running. Amen. That's how new God sees you. Amen. But how do you see yourself? Amen. Amen. Let us move on. So, see, we're not reformed or simply refurbished. We brand new. See, the cell phone companies and the technology companies, if you drop this pad or if, if I drop my phone right now and, and, and then I call them and tell them that I broke it. Now, I broke the phone that the manufacturer designed for me. So now that the phone is broken, it no longer has the ability to accomplish the purpose in which the manufacturer designed it for. Amen. But the manufacturer now, they got tricks up their sleeve. 
You sent them your phone, you brought new. You broke it. It can't accomplish the purpose in which you purchased it for. But they'll turn around and send you a refurbished phone. A phone that was already broken by someone else. But they fixed it and sent it to you while they take your broken phone and get it right and probably get it back to somebody else. But God don't operate like that. God ain't in the business of refurbishing. God is in the business of recreating again. In order for you to accomplish the purpose in which he manufactured you for in the beginning. You're not refurbished. You're a new creation in Christ. Amen. And then that ain't the only thing. When God gets you back, he even gets you into a, a fall protection plan. Amen. He even got a little deductible for you. I need the cell phone, the technology company, they want $200 for your protection in order you to get a phone that ain't even brand new. God got a fall protection plan that is free. Won't cause you nothing. And it's called a confession. Amen. It's over in 1 John 1 and 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means even though he made us new and we happen to slip, all we have to do is say what it is, give him our deductible of a confession, and he wipe us down and make us brand new again. Flesh off the showroom floor. Amen. Not your $200. See, Sprint and AT&T wants your $200. God just wants the word of your mouth saying, Father, I messed up. I failed. I've been broken. I can't operate in my purpose. Yes, Take me, Lord, and make me new. He says, son, I hear you. Here, I got a fall protection plan on you. No deductible. You already took care of it when you confessed it. Amen. Now you're brand new like nothing never happened Amen. before. Amen. Amen. But you're a new creature in Christ. Amen. We are completely made new by our union in Christ. Amen. And with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. Yes, he comes to live. In us. Now I like the way the Amplified put it. The Amplified said, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Now, like they said, it said the old spiritual and moral condition has been passed away. Now that's a little deep. Can I teach you? That's a little deep. Because he said the old spiritual and moral condition has passed away. So we know the spiritual, spiritual condition has been made new. The new man, the man on the inside now has become new. He's no longer the sinful nature inwardly. He's the new nature of God inwardly. But he said also the moral condition. Now see that word moral means what someone confirms or agree to be a standard of right behavior. Moral. What someone confirms or agree to be a standard of right behavior. So what he's saying is say, I recreated you spiritually. So what you thought was right behavior in your past no longer is in you no more. What was right according to the world is no longer in you. But what is right according to the word has now been developed in you. Amen. You got to see. Brand new baby. Brand new baby. Now, verse 21, that's why I've been waiting to get, says, For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Now that word righteousness has two meanings. You have to get this. Because if God made Jesus what your old dirty self was in order to make you what God right holy self is, then you need to understand what you have now become. Because if you don't grab this, you, you, even though Jesus made a transaction on your behalf to take away what you used to be and make you something new, but if you don't understand it, you'll be continue acting like the old you, even though that's not who you are anymore. Amen. You got to see. So you got to get this righteousness thing. See, religious has, has took righteousness and made it something that you do. That if you do the right thing, and if you wear the right thing, and if you operate the right way, and you show up to church twice a week, and if you do this and do that, then you're right with God. But God didn't say that in his word. God said he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Now I have a question. What did Jesus do to be made sin? Nothing. All he did was obey the will of the one who sent him. Amen. He was in the garden crying and worrying. You know, he was a man just like us. He had a soul, he had a mind. He was worried about the death. He, he, he wasn't worried about the death he going to die. A lot of people in the Bible say, oh, he was worried about dying. No, he wasn't worried about death to die. He could not die. They tried to push him off a cliff. He walked right through him. Amen. They tried to kill him one time, man. They were looking for him. He just walked right by him. They tried to kill him the whole time he was on the earth, but he could not die. He could not die until he submitted himself to the will of his father. Amen. You see what I'm saying? So when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he, and he was crying and worried when his sweat was looking like blood dropping off his face, he wasn't worried about death. He was worried about being separated from his father. Amen. And see, anybody who sins dies spiritually. God sent him to be sin on our behalf. So you know the moment he submit to God's will, to become sin, now they can come and, and, and arrest him and to kill him. But if he never submit and continue to operate being led by the Spirit, they will have no way of killing him. He had to submit to the will. Look what he said. He said, if anybody could take this cup away from me. But he said, never yet my will, but let your will be done. And at that moment, they came to arrest him. If he wouldn't have never put his natural man, his natural self, what he was worried about and what he was sweating about on the side and submit his mind, his spirit to God's will, they would never be able to come arrest him to kill him. It wasn't death he was worried about. It was being separated from his father that he was worried about. Amen. That was stressed him. Amen. Amen. That was stressed him. Amen. So he became that for us, but he didn't do nothing but obey the will of the one who sent him. Then he became sin. So why do we think we have to do something in the natural in order to become righteousness of God? Jesus did nothing and became sin on our behalf. So all we have to do is nothing but believe and submit ourselves to the will of the one and we become the righteousness of him. Amen. It's not in doing. Righteousness is in being. See, if you could do right and be right, you wouldn't need him in order to make you right. Amen. He didn't have to die if you could do right and be right. Amen. 
But religion tells us to do this and do that and do this and do that. That's why I'm titling this message destroying ignorance. God has made you right in order for you to do right and display holiness. You can't display holiness and do right if your nature is not his righteousness. Amen. Amen. That's like trying to train a cat to ball. It's not in his nature. You could send him to the best dog schools. You could send that cat to, uh, to Farina. You could send him to everything. He could be on the dog show on ESPN when they walk him out and they jump over the thing and they walk around and press. You could groom him and everything. And when it comes time for that cat to react, he's going to say, meow. <laughs> Amen. That's the same way if God didn't take Jesus to take away your sinful nature and give you his righteous nature, you would not be able to operate like the new creation he made you. People tell you to do right and stop drinking and stop smoking, stop going out. But you can't do it because the nature in you thrives on that type of stuff. Because it's a sinful nature, a worldly nature. It adapts to what it's used to. Amen. Amen. But if God takes that nature out of you and put his righteous nature in you, then you'll begin to display holiness. You'll begin to display righteousness and right doing in the things of God. Because this new nature is of God. What God basically did, he took himself and placed, he took that old stuff out of you and hung that on the cross with Jesus. Then he took everything he was and that Jesus was and submitted that in your body. So now your body have in you everything that God is. That's brand new off of heaven's showroom floor. Brand new baby. Brand new baby. Amen. So righteousness by definition is possessing the perfect nature of the Father in you. Amen. As your very own nature. Can I teach it? Can I have a little more time with you? I got a lot more time. I believe I do. It's first Sunday. I'll start you on second through four. Amen. Righteousness is possessing the perfect nature of the Father in you. God's very nature. He said, I let you possess my nature, everything I am in you, like it's your nature, your very own nature. Now, everything I am now is in you. It belongs to you. I got it. Jesus got it. Now, I'm, I'm making it available for everybody else to have. Amen. Because he came down and became what you are. In order to strip that out of you. In order you could have what we have. Amen. Amen. The righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. He took that from you. He took it and nailed that to the cross. He got rid of it. That's no longer who you are. The old man is now dead. See, this is the thing. See, you got to see the play. When Jesus hung on that cross, and die. You can look at it in the scriptures. I'm not calling it out by because I didn't study it hard, but I know just the words that he said. Man. I didn't study it hard recently. I should know it though. Amen. Amen. But I'm honest. You know. But this is the thing that he said. I know what he said. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in history Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Amen. Now, this is the thing. All through scripture, God was his fault. But when he's on that cross, he's God. The thing is, when he submitted his will to, 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 to God in the, in the garden, when he was sweating and said, take this cup away from me, but every night of your will, let it be done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He became sin. Sin caused you to die spiritually and separate you from God. He no longer had a father-son relationship with God when they hung him on the cross. He wasn't his father. He was his God. That was the first time God left him hanging. Because the relationship was cut because of sin nature. He took what we were. That should have been us up there who were separated from God. But he said, okay, I'll take it. This is the will you want in order to save everybody else. Amen. 
he took what we was and he became separated from his father in order for us to get into a right relationship with the father Amen. you got to see he became sin on our behalf he became sin on our behalf that was the first time he said God my God why have you forsaken me that's the first time God left him hanging that was the first time God left him hanging. But you got to see it. So now he did that in order for us to possess God's perfect nature in us as our very own nature. Amen. We are his righteousness. He gave us what he had during his early ministry. But why we're not operating like he operated when he walked on the earth? Jesus walked around with a bullet. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. I and my Father are one. But when he gave up the nature, he was saying, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But if he took into my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross and gave us his nature? Why we're not walking around with the boldness he walked around with when he was in the earth? Amen. It's your mindset. It's the ignorance. I come to destroy. I come to teach you this truth. Amen. Amen. Second definition of righteousness. This is about to get good. Is the ability to boldly stand in the presence of God. I'm going to repeat that. It's the ability. Now he gave you his nature, his perfect nature. Now he's giving you the ability to boldly stand in his presence without any sense of fear, of inferiority, of guilt, of shame, or weakness. You got to see it. So he gave you his nature because he desired a relationship with you. Now what type of relationship would it be with you or your wife and you or your kid and every time you show up they get scared and run from you? Because they fear you're going to strike them down and kill them. God took that away because man had no right standing with God, but he gave us his righteousness, which he gave us his nature. Now we can boldly stand in his presence without any type of fear, without any type of inferiority, not any guilt of who we used to be, not any shame of what we used to do, but stand in his presence like sin never existed in us. Like we never had a sinful nature. We can now stand in his presence and be among him and relate with him and go and talk to him like I could go over here and talk to my daddy right now and sit on side and have a conversation with him because me and him can have compatibility with each other now because he's given me his nature. I can boldly approach him. Amen. Amen. That's the new man. That's the benefit you got off the showroom floor. That's the warranty that come with it. Amen. Amen. That's the warranty. You know that brand is that you 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 well under them hundred thousand miles warranty. But God gives you eternal mileage with Him when you're Amen. made new. Amen. You have eternal mileage now. You can always look. The Scripture says it like this. Amen. Over in Hebrew four and sixteen. Look what it says. It says, "Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need." It says, "Come boldly." To the throne. It didn't say come timid people. Like man, I wonder if God. Don't come doubtful like God. Dude. Can I? Can I come over there? Uh, you still because because if you think like that, you still thinking like the old person who messed up and scared to be approached in God's presence. But He said, now that I made you new and I gave you my rights, you could come to me boldly to the throne of grace, and I take mercy. And grace in your time of need. So if you messed up, you still ain't got the people around the corner. You could come over here and get the mercy that you need boldly and step on the scene. Exactly the place I am in my throne room and fellowship with me. And I look at you like sin never existed. I look at you like you're still a brand new creature. You can boldly come to my throne. Now what kind of son would I be if I go to my parents' house and ring the doorbell and go duck behind my car and see if they come to the door? <laughs> That'll be the old man. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
If I ring the doorbell and when they come, I strike out running. That'll be the old man. Now, I'm going to be real with you. It was a point that I didn't want to show up there. It was a point that I didn't show up to my own house. Man. I'm talking truth. Amen. Because of what I did and what I was doing and the nature that I was, I go missing for days. Amen. Laugh now. Glory to God. But smile at God. Amen. Because he made me new. Fresh Amen. off the showroom floor. Baby. I have to go boldly to his throne and stand in his presence. Because of the new creation, he made me. Now I think from this position. I have knowledge from this position. Now I boldly go home. I think I stay home too much now. Preach bread. I don't go nowhere. Preach bread. Amen. I go to Mama House three in the morning. Preach bread. Night, I call and wake up any time of night. She tell me some things now. But I know she don't read it because I ain't what I used to be. Preach bread. And one time she said, "Boy, look, don't come in like that." Brian, where you been? Brian, you need to go home. Preach bread. Brian, what you doing? Preach bread. I was fearful because of my old nature. Yes, sir. Kept me running. Glory Kept me high. I was fearful. I was in fear. I was guilty. I was shamed for what I done. But God made me a new. God made me a new. God made me a new. Amen. Glory to God. He made me his righteousness. Amen. Turn with me to Romans 8. No, no. Ephesians 1. I want to show you something. Ephesians 1. We got to talk about the position. Now we understand we have the nature. Amen. I want to talk about the position he put you in. Y'all got time to turn for a few more scriptures? This is good to me. Uh, Ephesians 1. 1. I'm going to show you something. Now, God gave us the new nature. But with the new nature comes a new position. He gave you a new spiritual nature. Now you, now you operate from a new spiritual position. Ephesians 1, verse 20. Now, look what it says. It says, which he wrought in Christ. Everybody there? He said, which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. Talking about Christ. Mm-hmm. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place. And now talking about Christ Jesus sitting at the right hand of God in the heavenly place. This is the position that Jesus is in. Amen. Amen. And he says that the position that Jesus is in is far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world but also in which is to come. Now look at your neighbor and say, that's way up there. Way up there. But that's where he made Christ to sit. Above everything. That's Christ's position. Amen. Yes. And he said, he had put all things. I did say something. Oh. It said he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over something. Just a few things. Oh. To the church. So wait up. He made Jesus sit in a position way over there. And he got his feet over all things. Not for Jesus, but for the church. Now, I don't know about you. The church is his body. So we are believers. We are the body. We are the church. So we are made to sit. If he was made to sit in that position for his body, and he the head, I ain't never seen a head separated from his body. Amen. Amen. See, he did all that. For the church, which is his body. <laughs> See, he did it for the church, which is his body. So God exalted him from neck up to sit in a place right next to him on the throne. It says, sit far above everything, every dominion, every power, every principle. His feet is above all that stuff. 
And he did that for his body, which is the church, the fullness of him that filled it all in all. That's what you see in your, your Bible, right? Or that's just mine? It's in yours too. Glory to God. So I ain't tripping. Verse 2. Me, chapter 2, look what it says. And you. Now he ain't talking about Jesus no more. He, he said, and you. Oh, that's just my Bible. He said, and you. Watch this, Pastor Ben. And he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you. He quickened. Quickened means brought back to life. He said, you who were dead in your sins and the stuff you used to do and your backbiting and your drinking and smoking and carrying on and clubbing at four five in the morning, he gave you life. Yes. Yes. When you were dead, when you was acting a fool, it wasn't you stopped doing what you're doing, it's what he did that caused you to stop doing what you're doing. Amen. He said that he quickened you. Amen. Amen. And he said, when time passed, you walk according to the course of the world. Amen. You were walking according to what they were doing. Amen. He said, and according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now working in the children of disobedience. It says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfill, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were just like the world. We all talk like they talk. We all walk like they walk. We all carry on like they carry on. But he took us while we was acting a fool. And what he did changed us. Not when we stopped. But when he started. Amen. 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 And it says. But God. Number four. He's talking about us now. He ain't talking about Jesus. Jesus already sitting down. In a place in a position for his body. Four. It said. But God. Who is rich in mercy. Remember it said. Us boldly come to his throne. So we can obtain mercy. Yeah. So now this is God talking from the throne with Jesus beside him at the throne, seated above everything. He's talking about verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Look what he said. Even when we, again, look what he said, we're dead in sin. Look what he done. Had he quickened us together now. He said he brought us to life over in, in verse 1. Now he said he brought us to life with somebody. He said he quickened us together, brought us Together with Christ. By grace you are saved. But this is what I'm getting to. Is verse 6. And had raised us up together. And made us sit together. In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Wow. So you're telling me the same position he sit. Way up there. Look at your neighbor and say way up there. Yeah. He made me to sit way up there too. Amen. So now that I have a new nature. I now have a new position. Amen. I don't sit where I used to sit because I don't have the nature I used to have. I'm positioned in a place way up there Amen. in him. Yes. So if he sits way up there above all principality, above all power, above all things on the earth and things to come, then I sit also above all principality, above all power, above all things on the earth, above all things to come. Amen. Amen. Everything his feet is above, my feet are above. The same seat he got at the right hand of God, I've been made to sit in that same seat at the right hand of God. Amen. Amen. Now, that seat at the right hand of God is called royalty. 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 This is how you sit in royalty. Oh. 
<laughs> Amen. Confidence. You're at the right hand of the king. This is a royal elevated position of authority. You don't sit in this position and worry about what's going on below your feet. You don't sit in this position and worry about what's going on down there. You don't confine yourself to the condition and the standard of what's going on in the earth. You've been seated with the king of heaven in a royal position of authority. You have a new nature. You have a new position. Amen. This is the position the believer sits in. Amen. And spirit. Although you live in the earth. That's why he says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Because your body is in the earth, but you're positioned spiritually at the right hand of God in heaven. Because you are a new believer. You reign from this position. You are creating an image and likeness to be in this position. This is where you dominate the earth. That's why he created you for dominion. You gave your physical body in order to implement the kingdom where you sit at in the place where you walk in. That's how God's will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You have to operate from the nature and the position he created you to be in. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm royal, you, baby. I'm royal. I'm a child of the king, baby. I'm a child of the king. Everything he made, baby. I'm fresh off the showroom floor, baby. I'm bold approach this place, baby. Like I belong here. You got to see it. You got to believe it. Glory, you got to believe it. Now, turn with me to Romans 8 and 17. Now, you have the nature. You have the position. But you also acquire some things. You also acquire some things. Huh? You also acquire some things. You know, you get that new car, you say you get the 10 free all the time. You could come in and wash it for you and, and, and uh, we, we give it's so many things go with this new life, this new creation. Amen. Romans 8. Romans 8. Y'all got me preaching. I have a little more time with y'all. Y'all ready to go? Y'all look like y'all ready to leave. Romans 8. Y'all say, well, hurry up and get the wine and, and the thing going so we can go home. That's what y'all saying? Let me have a few more minutes. Now, we understand we have a new nature. We have God's nature. And we have a new position, a royal elevated position of authority. Amen. Glory to God. Now look what Romans 8 and 16 says. It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm going to stop there. It says, The Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now this is the thing. We have been recreated inwardly into a new creation. That is a spiritual recreation. We still have the same old body. We still look the same. I don't have the hair I used to have, but I'm still the same brain. <laughs> Amen. No bush, no vibe, no tape of faith. That boy, that was something else. Amen. But inwardly, God recreated me and took the sinful nature that made that boy with the Bible and the tape of faith and with the hair, act a fool, and, took and put in him something that is exactly what he is, the righteous nature. Then he took that same spirit that is in me and seated right next to him in Christ. Amen. But the same physical body I have in the earth is still here. Yes. Even though I reign from up there. But this is what he said. He said, now the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Okay, So it says God's spirit bear witness with my spirit, the new creation that I am. Amen. So what God's spirit does, God's spirit confirms my identity as a child of God. This is what it's doing. God's spirit can't dwell where the nature of God isn't. Amen. 
His spirit can't reside where his sinful nature is. So when God recreated us in, in his image and gave us his righteousness that gave, made us compatible in his spirit to come down and live in us. And because that spirit lives in us, confirms that we are his child. Amen. See, a thing is 100% of the thing that it comes from. So if I come from God, I have to be 100% of exactly what he is. Amen. A dog can't have kids. So if I'm a child of God, I have to be an offspring of God. I have to be 100% of the year. So the same spirit that resides in God now cannot reside in me because we're both the same in nature. So that's why that spirit comes and confirms. It says, bear witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. That's what it says. Amen. Amen. But this is the part. This is the catch. Verse 17, it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. It says that now that I'm a child, his spirit confirms that because it comes to live in me. Because it can't live in nothing that's not like God. The reason it lives in God because it's God. The reason it lives in me because I'm exactly like God. Amen. But now, if I'm a child, I'm an heir. <laughs> you got the nature. You got the position. Now you an heir of God. It says heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Now this word heir comes from the Greek word kleronomos. Kleronomos. And that means possessor of all. One who possesses all things. So when he says I'm an heir of God, me having his nature and sitting in that position next to me, Make me possess all things that are now his. Amen. Christ died in order for me to get it. See, when somebody dies and they leave an inheritance, it goes to the heir. The heir now possesses all things of the one who died. So if Christ died for me and I have the God nature and I'm joint heirs with Christ, that means I now possess all things that they possess. Amen. Amen. So every riches that in heaven now are mine. Every blessing in heaven now is mine. Everything God's own is now mine. If there are streets of gold in heaven, then they're mine too. Yes. Amen. Say, I possess all. I possess all. Everything is mine. Everything. But it says we're joint heirs with Christ. Now that don't mean we share with Christ. See, me and my wife have a joint account. Now that don't mean 50% of the count is mine and 50% of the count is hers. It means 100% of the count is mine and 100% of the count is hers. Amen. That's joint. See, when, when I, if I spend half of the money, they're going to stop and say, okay, you done now. The other half is when she comes. She could go spend all of the money and I got access to spend all of the money. But see, this is the thing. Heaven never run out, baby. Amen. So if you join ass with Christ, everything up there, you can spend it and use it and utilize it and grab it all you want because all of it is yours and you'll never exhaust that account. Amen. Everything heaven has is already yours because of your nature, because of your position, and because you are now an heir, a possessor of all that God is, God has, and all that heaven provides. Every blessing is already yours because of your nature, your position, and that you have become an heir. And the spirit of God confirms that. Because he came to live in you. Amen. You got to see. Y'all got me teaching today. Amen. Join it. 
So the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, confirms our identity as children of God. I'm moving on. Can I have 10 more minutes? 10 more minutes. That's all I want. I got to tie this in because I, 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 I mess with thinking like the new man. But I first had to show you who the new man was, what the new man position was, Amen. all that the new man now possessed. Now, this had to be a crying shame. Now, I'm about to read this. That you were born into a rich family. Amen. You lost contact with them. And now you're reconnected with them. You know that you're in the rich family. You know you have position in this rich family. You know you have been inherited everything from this rich family. This is a trillionaire family. Everything they have is now yours. But you choose to live in a box on our boulevard. That's what God sees as the believer today. When God looks at the believer today, that's what he sees. I give you a new nature when Christ died. I put you in a new position. I made all things that are mine, not yours. But you don't live like it. So where did the problem lie? Amen. See, glory to God. Let me turn, let me turn, let me turn, let me turn. Ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes. That's you saying that. Everybody ain't saying that. You ought to see their faces. Get ready to go. Amen. Amen. Get ready to go. Get ready to go. Watch this. I got to tie this in for you. See, this is what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God gives us access to the mind of God because we are the children of God. The Spirit of God gives us access to the mind of God because we're children of God. God said, I didn't give you this nature. I didn't give you this position. I made you an inheritor or heir of all these things for you not to think like it. So in order for you to operate like all these things I've given you, I have to let you know how I think. So if I give you my nature, you got to have my mind. Because if I give you my nature and let you keep your old mind, you're going to have all this stuff but still be living in a box. You see? Turn with me. First, let me this. I'm about to tie it in. I'm coming around third. Come on. Coming around third. Astros win. Come on. And the Braves in first place. I know I'm looking. First Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. I'm going to read it from the King James and the Amplifier. Y'all with me? Amen. Everybody, let me hear you say, Pastor, I got it. You got it? Look what it says. It says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, verse 12, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Y'all see that? It says, what man, what thing? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. I apologize. I said one. Well, y'all say, uh, get right, preach. Don't let nobody teach and preach anything of they can't prove. Y'all should have stopped me. See, I could have tricked y'all then. I would say I was playing, but I wasn't. 1 Corinthians 2 and 11. Everybody there? It says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? 
So that means this, my spirit automatically knows what I'm thinking because it's in me. I can't fool it with my mind. So it says, then it goes on, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. You with me? Then it comes to 12, it says, now we have not received the spirit of the world. So if I have not received the spirit of the world, then I should not be thinking like the world thinks. Because the spirit of the world gives access to the mind of the world. Amen. Amen. But it says, oh, even so, it says, no, it says that not the spirit of the world, but I received the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. So, if I don't have the world spirit, I shouldn't think like the world think. But if I have God's spirit, then I should be thinking what God thinks. So, when I have access to God's spirit, telling me I'm a child of God, because it's, it's bearing witness with my spirit, and when you bear witness, you give evidence. When the witness comes to, 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 to court and stand, it gives evidence for the one that it's witnessing for. So, if God's spirit is bearing evidence or bearing witness with my spirit is going for me showing me that I'm a child of God also revealing to me God's thoughts and God's mind look what the Amplified said the Amplified said for what person perceives knows and understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him just so no one discerns comes to know him just so no one concerns comes to know to comprehend the thoughts of God except the spirit of God it says, now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God. So if I have God's spirit, I now have God's thoughts, which give me access to God's mind. So God, no, I gave you my nature, I gave you this position, and I gave you all this stuff. You're going to need my mind to know how to utilize it. Because if not, you're going to mess it up. Amen? Because if not, you're going to mess it up. But look, if you, I want you to jump down to verse 16. I'm coming to a close. Verse 16, it says, For who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And it said, But we have the mind of Christ. So now I have his nature. I have his uh, position. I have his, his inheritance because I'm heir. And now I possess his mind because I have his spirit. Amen. So there ain't no way we should be messing up. We have Amen. everything we need to live this godly life. We have everything. The nature, the position, inheritance as an heir, the spirit giving us access to his mind. See, what the spirit is saying, this is what God thinks, and I can bring this stuff to you because you're his child. This is what God wants you to have. I can bring this stuff to you because you're his child. I hear you coughing down there, but the spirit takes from God. Now, by his stripes, you're here. This is what you have. You see yourself broke. You're running out of money. He said, my God, is by all your need. And bring it to you. to your turn. And everything in heaven is already yours. You just have to believe it with faith. You can't access it if you continue to think like you used to think. That's why I'm giving you this mindset through my word. See, God, whatever was on God's mind, he put it in the Bible. And it's already yours. But if your faith don't align with the position and all that he made you, the position that you're in and all that you have, it'll never show up in the natural. Amen. It's all in your thinking. You don't have to turn to it or close it. Now Philippians 2 and 5 says it this way. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who did not think it robbery be, to be equal with God. But see, you have let religion tell you that you can't be like God. But the Bible tells you to have the same mind Jesus had. Jesus' mind said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes, yes. See, religion will trick you. 
Then religion will do to you. It'll tell you nobody to be like God, but preaching the name of God. Tell you to go out and live godly. That's a trick, eh? They tell you nobody could be like God. They're preaching the name of God until you go out and live godly. To live godly, you got to be godlike because godly means godlike. So if I got to be like God in order to live godly, that's why he gave me his nature in order to live like him. I can't possess his nature and you tell me I can't be that. But he gave me his mind. He gave me his mind. He said, let his mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh, I'm going to just go to Colossians 3 and we're going to close out. I'm scripting one scripture, Colossians 3. I want you to see something. And we're closing out. Respect for your time. Colossians 3. I know y'all won't stay with me all day. Remember, let y'all go. So y'all can catch the second service. That's six. Colossians 3. Just like. Colossians 3. 3 and 1. New King James. I'm going to read it for him because I like what it says. Colossians 3 and 1. Everybody get that. Let me hear you say, I got it. Amen. I got it. I'm closing up. I see y'all yawning. Amen. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things where you're at now. Is that what it said? It says, seek where you're sitting at now. No, it said, if you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. But he ain't sitting there alone. Amen. You in that position too. So it's telling you, seek and search where God has made you to sit. At the right hand of God. And then it says, set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who our life shall appear, then you also will appear in, with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covenants, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. He said, don't think like the world thinks, but think from the position of royalty I placed you and made you the city. Fix your mind up there and not down here. Then you will stop doing what everybody else is doing. He said, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, I'm in verse 8, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deed. Look what verse 10 say. And have put on the new man who is what? Renewed in knowledge. According to what? The image of him who did what? Created him. Good God Almighty. He said now that I put off what I used to be. Since my mind is thinking from above. I could put on the new man that he created me to be. And that new man that he created me to be. He's renewed in knowledge according to the one, the image of the one who created him. So what God is saying. When you think from the position I placed you in. You won't do what everybody else is doing in the world. But you'll throw away that old man and you'll be able to put on that new man who renewed in knowledge after the image of the one who created him. Know who he's telling you? He said, now that you're thinking from above, you can operate the way I designed you in the beginning. 
in the image of the one who created you, in the image of your manufacturer. You are the new creation. You are everything God created you to be. You are in his image and after his likeness. You are the new creation. Brand new baby. Amen? Amen. Give God a hand for that word. Amen. Glory to God.